0: you'd be welcome to join us. We'll be sure to save a seat for you. Now, here's this week's sermon. Scripture reading this morning comes from Romans chapter one, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, The just shall live by faith. You may be seated. God is good. All the time. time. Next time, say it like you believe it. Last week, I was walking somewhere, and a person said, what do you know good? I just said, God is good. That's about what I know that's good. We want to welcome you if you're visiting, especially our university students. If you're back with us, or if it's the first time you're with us, we're glad to have you. Uh, let's see, Tyler Bohannon. Where is Tyler Bohannon? Stand up. Okay, so Tyler, he teaches our college class. It's called the C20 class for college and early 20s. So if uh, you're with the university crew and you'd like to plug in, that's your guy to see, and they usually all sit up there. So just wanted you to be aware of that. And uh, to, to begin this morning, I want to read to you a, a story that I read recently. And it really was thought-provoking and got me to thinking as well. The author's name is Denise Young, and this is what she says. What's the most important decision you've made in your life? This was a question posed at a business conference I attended a few years ago. At the event kickoff, the organizer asked each person to introduce themselves and share their most important life decision. Well... Mine was the day I began to follow Jesus, but I wasn't expected to share that in front of a bunch of strangers at a business event, was I? Until that time I'd been working in the closet as a Christian, not openly identifying as a Christ follower at work. Some of my closest colleagues knew about my faith, but I generally kept it a private matter. I think a lot of us may feel the same way when we're in a situation similar to this, you know, what are you most proud of? What is the best decision you've ever made in your life? And maybe in our minds we go, well, it's, you know, becoming a Christian, having faith in God, obeying the gospel. But we think, well, given the setting, they don't want to hear that. And so sometimes we may not actually share it for whatever reason. But the more I thought about this, I thought, you know, if, if anyone should be willing to speak About how proud they are to be a Christian, obviously it ought to be Christians. Jesus said on one occasion, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father who's in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. I would also add to that Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. Where Jesus said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. For many will say to me in that day, did we not work wonders in your names? Did we not cast out demons in your names? And I will say to you, and I forgot the rest, but I'm sure you remember it. That's why a preacher should never try and quote unless he's got it all up in his head. But essentially, verbal confession alone isn't enough, but confession verbally, but also the action that follows it, is certainly what should be a part of living the Christian life. And Paul, in his own time, in the 50s, when Nero was the emperor of Rome, he made this proclamation that Justin just read a second ago, "'I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes.'" For the Jew first and then for the Greek. Why might Paul have had any reason to be ashamed of the gospel? Well, first reason I would say is to proclaim that Jesus was Lord was treason. Because in the Roman Empire, only Caesar is Lord. And so for Paul and all the other Christians to say that uh, Christ is Lord rather than Caesar, it would have been a treasonous statement. And in their time in the empire, you could have gotten in a lot of trouble just for what you said. They didn't have the freedom of speech First Amendment rights like what we have in this country. And so to make this proclamation, a lot of the Christians might have said, you know, I believe it, I'm willing to say it privately, but I won't say it very openly because of the attention that it might draw. But, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. And I think we as Christians shouldn't be ashamed of it either. There are a lot of people who have impressions about Christianity, and sometimes the impressions that they have are some of the bad things that they have seen that people who profess Christ have done. And the greatest antidote to that is for them to see a Christian who lives as closely as possible as any can in faithfulness to God. So first of all, we have a treasonous statement. And secondly, you know, why cause trouble? You know it's going to cause trouble, so why not just hold your peace? Why not be silent? This is what secularism demands of us today. Everybody else can talk about who they are, what they believe in, and they can do so with a sense of pride, but the Christian is supposed to be silent about it. Or if we say that we're a Christian, we need to be all-inclusive, accepting everything, judging no one, and making no line of demarcation between what is right and what is wrong. There was a preacher who was taking a flight, seated next to a lady on the plane, and she, as they were underway in the air toward their destination, going to be a long flight, she asked him, she she said, "Uh, where are you going? And, you know, obviously the plane was landing in the same place and she knew the city, but, you know, where are you going? And he explained, I'm going to a conference. Oh, okay. Uh, What do you do for a living? He said, I nearly said, I'm a preacher. He said, but I, I, he said, every time I say that you ought to see the life that comes right out of people's faces. Right. I'm a preacher. I had a guy say to me a while ago, he's like, I never knew how to act around you because you're a preacher. I'm like, "Okay, (laughs) Uh, that's fine. But so anyway, this guy, he, he said, well, he said, I didn't want to say I was a preacher, but I wanted her to know that I was. So the answer that he gave was something like this. He said, well, I work for a conglomeration that is around the entire world. And we specialize in behavior modification. We also take care of those who suffer from addictions. We help them change away from that. We take care of the needy, those that are poor. We look after orphans. We look after widows, uh, various manners of that sort. And we have branches throughout the entire world in every country. And she said, what's the name of the business or the company? He said, it's the church. And you think about it and you're like that's a very clever way to describe what the church is supposed to do. Preach this good news. Focus in behavior modification not just for you but for us all. Help those who are downtrodden just as we have opportunity today to do so with those in eastern Kentucky. But Paul refused to be ashamed of the gospel. And I want you to be unashamed of it, too. I want to be unashamed of it. I mean, it's a little easier for me because, you know, once you know what I do for a living, you kind of, oh, okay, well, we we pretty much have his number, right? But for the average Christian, if you're in the classroom, if you're in the business, if you're in the conference room, wherever you find yourself, don't be afraid to be a Christian. Don't be afraid to say that you are a Christian, So Paul wouldn't be ashamed of it, even though it was a treasonous statement, but I want to just think through some of the reasons that I believe Christians may be somewhat ashamed to make this proclamation, the first of which has to do with assumptions. When I say I'm a Christian, people that may not be, they're going to have certain assumptions about me. And if I tell them that, they're going to assume something about my level of intelligence, they're going to assume something about my political beliefs, They're going to assume something about my motives. And it could very well damage any effectiveness that I may have. So people have assumptions. And and if I say I'm a Christian, those assumptions are going to be placed on me. And I really don't want that. Another reason is associations. Well, when people that aren't Christian hear about Christianity, what do they think of? Some may think of Christian nationalism. Some may think of bigotry perpetuated in the name of faithfulness to God. Some may think of the rudeness of the Sunday crowd that goes to the restaurants. A study was conducted years ago that demonstrated that the rudest, cheapest crowd that waiters and waitresses have to attend to is that crowd that comes to them right after church. That's pretty pathetic and sad. When, if anything, that ought to be the most looked forward to time for waiters and waitresses. So people will have certain assumptions. They're going to make certain associations. But there are also assurances that we don't want to take off the table. We feel that they will best accept us if they don't know that we are Christians. Or if it isn't made a big part of our identity, we're gonna fit in better, and that assures people that we'll not be how they think or know other Christians to be. So I want, really, I really want you to think, and this may not be applicable to everyone, but I really want you to think: Have you, over the past few months, when an opportunity has presented itself, have you just glossed right around that profession of faith? Maybe for one or a number of these reasons. Some of us may never be faced with a situation and we couldn't possibly understand. Well, why would anyone ever not say that they're a Christian? Why would they not claim that it's the greatest thing in the world to be a Christian? Because there's plenty of negativity aimed right at us. And to be quite truthful, some of us are a good part of the cause of why people are jaded against Christianity. Somebody asked me one time, and it was in this town, they said, "Uh, do you know thus and such? I said, oh yeah, they're a member at Glendale. Oh really? I should not have opened with that, what I learned. Well, do you know? And then they went on to tell me, and I was like, that sounds pretty bad. And then this person said, how do you feel about a person like that being a member at your church? I said, well, first of all, it's not my church. Let's straighten that out right. It's Jesus' church. And secondly, that's precisely where that person needs to be. I don't know how you feel about it, but I believe that the church is a hospital for sinners and not a museum of saints. Though we are saints, not of our own right, but because of what Jesus has done and because we've trusted Him. But what I like to always tell people is, yeah, there are some hypocrites among us, and I would confess and say, I'm one of them at times. But I'd also say, all of us are just failures. All of us are failures. We say that we believe in Jesus, we believe in God, we try to live in tandem with His will, but we often fail. And the people that are out there, they love to point and go, Ah, gotcha! But when they do that, what they don't realize is that they share as much in human nature as what we do. And human nature is flawed. There is no perfect person on the face of the earth, and anyone who thinks that they are It's probably because their mother and their father always said that they were growing up and they hadn't been told otherwise. So every chance you get, tell your kids, you ain't perfect. You can just ask mine. They they always wondered if they ever did anything right. That's right. It's boot camp growing up in the Hunter household. You start out, we tear you down, and we keep tearing you down until you get of age to get out, and then you're built up. But there are no perfect people. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. And the folks that love the point of finger at us, when we sin, when we mess up, let me tell you something, you're not perfect either. But the church, our faith, exists because of these imperfections, because of these sins. The one thing that people fail to understand is human nature. Many of us like to have this ideal look at what things ought to be like. And in a perfect world, ideally, this is how they would be. But we're not living in a perfect world. We're living in a fallen world. People are messy. Christians are messy. And just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that you're immune from any of the other temptations of anybody else who isn't. Sometimes it's harder being a Christian simply because you are trying to profess that faith and you are trying to live as God would have us all to live. And the last thing you want to do is hopefully let God down. But I think one of the bad things that we as Christians have gotten in the habit of doing is we have gotten in the habit of being actors and actresses. We know how to put on a good show, but it's not genuine. We speak a little Christianese now and then. We know what the right thing is to say in public, but in private it's different. Quit the act. Quit the act. Nobody's impressed. And we put on this act because we want everybody else to view us a certain way. When in reality, we ought to be more concerned with how God views us than the person next to us. God views us knowing every blemish, every flaw about us, and still loves us. Isn't that great? That's good news. That is good news. The antidote to all the bad that people see in Christianity is to let them see something beautiful in you as a Christian. There's a great hymn. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All His wonderful passion and purity. May His Spirit divine, all my being refine. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. From the dawn of the morning till the close of day, in example, in deeds, and in all you say. Lay your gifts at His feet ever strive to keep sweet. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you. People want to know us, and when they want to know us, we cannot hide the part of ourselves that is the most important part of ourselves. That is that we are Christians. According to Barna, a study was conducted, 75% of adults seek ways to live a more meaningful life Many of them meditate, they go on retreats or pilgrimages because they're seeking meaning and purpose. And they want relief from the stresses of life, and they want it replaced with hope, with healing, and with joy. The gospel's the answer. Whenever a person finds something greater than themselves, it gives them a great purpose. And there is nothing more greater than us all than God Almighty. And we look at life, and we may think it's, you know, if we're like uh, the wise men who wrote Ecclesiastes, we might think it's just meaningless. But at the end, you recall what the wise men concluded. Fear God and keep His commandments. That's the whole lot of man. And You go, well, that doesn't sound all that fun. You'd be amazed if you actually tried it. Some of the greatest people I've ever met have been Christians. And I'll also say some of the worst people that I've ever met have been Christians too. But I try not to ever point the finger because I know there's a lot of fingers that could be pointed back at me. So the story that I began with, she went on and she said, when it finally came time for me to share, I felt convicted to talk about my faith. So I blurted out that my most important life decision was to become a Christian. And then I sat down and waited for reactions, but it turned out to be no big deal. People didn't treat me any differently afterward or whisper things behind my back, or if they did, I didn't notice it. I had honored God and I knew he was pleased. I felt relieved and free. Plus, several people approached me to say they'd wanted to share their decision to become a Christian, but had been too afraid. Now, they felt emboldened to be more transparent in the future, and I did too. So, a lot of the things that hinder us, we're projecting onto other people. And guess what? It's probably not that big of a deal to them as what we're making it out to be. But don't be afraid to be who you are. And if you are a Christian, be proud to be a Christian. Don't be afraid to show that you're a Christian. For they will know we are Christians by our love is a song that we sing on occasion. If there's ever anything to be ashamed of, it's sin. Not being a Christian, sin. That's something worth being ashamed of. Now, the way that society will tell us is they'll put a spin on it and they'll make a celebration out of it. And if you want society's endorsement, by all means, do it. But if you want to live a life pleasing in the sight of God, be ashamed of that sin and let that move you and me to godly sorrow, to turn to the Lord in full repentance, receiving His grace and His mercy as Christians. And those who aren't Christians, guess what? You are more than welcome to join us in the fold. If you believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son, if you have that trust, we use the word faith. I prefer the word trust. If you have that trust in God that His Son died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave on the third day, and you want to make Him your Lord and Master, not be ashamed of Him, you profess your faith. That's one of the first things we do. We ask people up in the baptistry all the time, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? The right answer is yes, and I've yet to have anyone say no. Yes. But the confession doesn't stop there. It keeps going with us every day, as does the repentance. The one time thing that we do that is life-altering is we're buried with Jesus in baptism. We're reunited with Him in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. So don't be ashamed of Him. Let people see how a Christian is. A Christian is someone who is unworthy yet loved, someone who is undeserving yet forgiven, someone who is a wretch, but saved by the blood of Christ. Be proud to be a Christian, and if you're not one, become a Christian and be proud. If you wish to respond publicly, you come to the front as we stand and sing.